This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Book Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis S Delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The hectic period is over five games in 14 days and four wins in a row with Ipswich Town. Six points off the top of the championship table. Welcome to the Blue Monday podcast. Dave, compare the last 30 minutes against Rotherham against the first 30 minutes against Birmingham. Go. <laughs> yeah, night night and day, I think you'd describe them as. Night and day. Yeah, we were, I thought, particularly impressive for the first 30 minutes, um, as I think we were for the, pretty much all of the first half yesterday. Yeah, uh, uh, very, very different from the other night. Just needed to get that one ticked off, as I mentioned, Craig, with the um, big run of fixtures, but a real bonus and we'll get into it in that um the way this game started yeah yeah absolutely and as dave said we needed to sort of lay tuesday's ghost to rest really and yeah we it was chalk and cheese now i was laying in an istanbul hotel room watching tuesday night's game and time differences meant it didn't kick off till quarter to 11 so <laughs> once that was there once you guys had also had quarter of an hour of injury time in either half it was getting getting pretty late my end but yeah, no, it was a fantastic performance on the back of that. Welcome yeah. along, everybody, to the Blue Monday podcast. If you're watching here live on YouTube, get involved in the debate. We'll try and put as many up on the screen as we can. We are reading all of them, if you see our eyes darting around as we go. If you're listening after the fact on old-fashioned audio podcast, we appreciate the hell out of you. Do think about coming and joining us each and every Sunday night at 8pm and getting involved in the debate yourself and save those questions for segment four tonight. We want to hear from you. Ipswich Town 3, Birmingham City 1 to talk about. And Dave, quickly, can you just talk about Tony Mowbray? Because we were really um, disappointed to hear the news, sad to hear the news that he's taking six to eight weeks out of yeah. one, one of these rare people, Dave, who's just universally well thought of yes. in, in football. Totally. Um, totally. And what, what was the, um, 
what was the kind of um, emotion towards him in the ground, please? Yeah, really good. There was kind of a sort of little tribute to him. He came up on the screen, tribute after quite early in the game, Craig, wasn't it? Five minutes, I think. Five, Something really yeah, soon five, in the game. It? Yeah, it was number five for five, yeah. Um, and yeah, really well observed, really, you know, pretty much. For obviously, their fans, our fans, and um, yeah, everyone's um, things, everyone's out there thinking of. It sounded pretty sudden, I think. Did I read that um, it was something that arose out of a, like a, a medical or something like that? And I think, and again, I think I heard Mark Venus again touch on that he's had surgery. So, uh, yeah, all the best to him. What an absolute legend. We know that. 100%. And um, I'm sure, Craig, uh, his Birmingham team missed him very much on the on the touchline. A kind of um, very much a Kieran McKenna style, um, cool, calm presence. Yeah, absolutely. And as Dave said, I think he got picked up in one of their regular LMA um, health checks, actually, is mm. where it all yeah. from. So it's good to see that sort of thing happens and those sort of things are getting picked up. And also Mark Venus got a good reception, didn't he? Walking along yeah. and past you, Dave, um, yeah, on his brilliant. way to the uh, on his way yeah. to the dugout, understandably as well. There we go, and, Will. And, and you forget go about, ahead, just quickly, following Mark Venus, hot behind Mark Venus, was Ashley Cole, who still looks like he's playing weight today. He still looks like he'd go out there and play now. I mean, good grief. Yeah, You're going to talk to me about a lone appearance for Crystal Palace in the run-in <laughs> to the promotion season. We've talked about way too many times. One of those, yeah, who's that guy oh. moments. <laughs> He's got a chance, that fella. Uh, yeah. Craig, team news. Sladky in goal um, after. Um, uh, interesting night against Rotherham that the lads talked about um, in the post-game show. Uh, Lee Davis, Cameron Burgess, Luke Wolfenden. No, Harry Clark. Axel Tuanzebi in there. Luongo. Morsi, and this is classic Broadhead, Chaplin, Burns, I love it, Kiefer Moore up top. Your thoughts on the uh, selection, really, just the right back area to talk about, Craig? Yeah, I think um, McKenna said in his lead up to the weekend that Clark had a dead leg. Um, I think as soon as you hear that someone's got a dead leg, they don't seem to be easily recoverable from, do they? Um, like a proper dead leg. Potentially got that from leaping over the advertising hoardings. Mm. Um, in the second half, I think it was against Rotherham. Um, obviously, Luongo came in for Travis. Um, and I think Luongo came on when we needed him against Rotherham as well. So it's pretty much our home team, isn't it, that we uh, we do often put out. Certainly, those the three behind the uh, the striker is our sort of go-to tried and trusted uh, formula in home games. Could have said tried and trusted trio then, Craig, but you need to put your teeth back in afterwards <laughs> then. Um, Dave, this is just peculiar, isn't it? And obviously, Birmingham, big red flag. We don't like three managers in one season. So this is a real concoction, this, of um, players from before Nighthead Capital took over, players that came in in the summer under Nighthead Capital and worked under John Eustace, players that were slagged off by Wayne Rooney quite a little bit. And... Um, I know um, Pritchard isn't necessarily there, but Dazelle is. Some players that came in under Tony Mowbray. Here's your Birmingham side, uh, Dave. John Ruddy, you can still find him. Uh, Dramer making his second appearance at Portland uh, Ethan Laird, Sanderson and Mark Roberts, him of the massive throw-in. Andre Dazelle, where have we heard that name before? We have Pike in central midfield. Miyoshi down the right. Roberts and James and... A much-mentioned name in the Ipswich Town bubble up top, Dave, Jay Stansfield. Good collection of players, that, isn't it? Do you know what? A good collection of players. Do you know what surprised me a kind of a little bit about that? Um, you'd think, obviously, they've done their homework on us and seen seen the second half of the other night. 
a little bit surprised to see Jukovic on the bench there. I fully expected him to play. And Dave, going further do, in the game... He can't he do even, 90 anymore. No. Well, but even so, but well, even that, but yeah, good point. But even that, he did, they just didn't even bring him on till like the 90th minute. That, that kind of surprised me and pleased me somewhat. But yeah... Um, you know, neat and neat and tidy, uh, neat and tidy side at time. You know, all that what Dizelle was about. To be fair to Dizelle yesterday, don't think he touched the ball for the first twenty minutes or so. Probably we were so you know we were that pretty much dominant. But um, yeah, some nice players. You know, the wing I Miyoshi, mean, really, really nice, really nice player. But didn't uh, the other thing about yesterday as well? You mentioned. I don't think we saw one Roberts long throw at all, did we? Did we, no. Craig? I can't no. recall any. His so, manager's um, Tony Mowbray. That's not well, going in his box in a long time. Well, there, 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 there you go, you know. so um, And he'd only got Stansfield to aim for. And to be <laughs> there fair, you go. Yeah, yeah. They, another thing, yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's quite interesting, um, actually. Sorry, Ben. Just, uh, I was on the a pre-match show with one of the Birmingham pods on Thursday, Friday, and they were waxing lyrical about Ethan Laird at left back, saying that he's been one of their players of the season so far. They don't want to get him, don't want to get him from Man U, etc. But uh, yeah, he had a bit of a torrid, torrid old afternoon. Regardless, who was up against yesterday, we'll come to that. Yeah. Well, and um, that tends to be the case for left backs at um, Portman Road this season, doesn't it? You think it'd be down the other side. Um, Craig, we joked about it with Dave at the top of the show, but really horrendous end to the Rotherham game. And I think most self-aware Ipswich Town fans came out of that game with full humility thinking, oh, got away with one, got away with one there. They deserved at least a point. But were you surprised to see this um, amazing start or is it what you expected? And um, take me through the um, uh, brilliant opening to this game. Yeah, well, I think as we've all seen, Tuesday is was the anomaly in our performances. Was I don't think there was any real reason to expect it to reoccur because um, one of the guys who rang into BBC Suffolk on the way home said that he could count on the fingers of one hand how many poor performances we've had under Kieran McKenna this this season so far, and Rotherham was probably one of them. I think he referenced Preston and maybe uh, one of the halves against Preston and Leeds, and that's pretty much it. So I don't think. Um, many people were expecting a, a recurrence. Um, but yeah, as Dave said, we we started off well. We started off pressing them right really high up the pitch. We were everyone's partnerships were clicking. Um, Burns and Chaplin were combining as they do. Chaplin was dropping into that little space in front of the right back and pinging those balls inside inside Laird. And Burns was having a, a lovely old time down his uh, down the right hand side. He was getting a lot of crosses in. Moore was winning his headers. I, his shooting and, and passing was a little bit off, um, but he was still, you know, putting himself about, taking on both his defenders, winning his headers. Um, and as I say, it, 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 but as as Dave said, Birmingham just could not get a grip of the game. Uh, Dazelle didn't have a touch. Their midfield, we were sort of Luongo and Morsey partnership was working well in the central midfield. We were, let's say, pushing them further and further into their half. They couldn't get out. They were trying to play out. We were nicking the ball off them 40, 30 yards out and creating chances. Broadhead was buzzing around. Chaplin, I said, was buzzing around. And Burns had his uh, his fullback on toast for the for the first, uh, well, 18, 20 minutes it was until the, the ball had to go off. Dave, anything to add on that? And uh, talk to us about Burns' injury and then the first goal, which the first time I saw it, on, I wasn't at the game, first time I saw it, I thought it was miles offside. Um, but you yeah, can, no, you can no, really, give you a better view on that from really, where you two sit. 
really nothing more really to add to that, really. I think Chaplin was at his, what's the word, impish best, I'd say, yesterday. Really back to his best. You know, I think, not that he's been, you know, scored a great goal at Swansea last week, didn't he? But I think he's been slight, perhaps slightly not not on his game in recent weeks. And I think the, the more, obviously, the more the partnership and the more they're playing off Kiefer more now, you can see the familiar the familiarity and the, you know, the, the you know, just the general round improvement of those three. And Burns has quite, quite, quite rightly said, just again, had laid on toast for the first 20 minutes. I mean, it must be a bit harsh, you know, for the fullback to see Burns. Oh, great. I've seen him off. Oh, it's Amari Hutchison. <laughs> I mean, it's just, yeah, it's incredible. And the, I mean, yeah, I mean, the first goal is an interesting one and, it, and it's a really interesting one. And Craig will perhaps go on to talk about their goal, but with Broadhead's involvement, because um, Broadhead initially receives it, I think from, um, I think it's a chip ball from, I think it's Wolfen and I think chips it into him beautifully as Broadhead does, takes the ball down and just opens up in his stride and sort of glides away with it, um, passes it, you know, slips it to Hutchinson again. Hutchinson is just, he just overall plays, just improved immeasurably as the season goes on. I mean, what a player. Um, basically gets the ball under, you know, has a little has a little bit of fun with the fun with Laird, stands him up probably once, probably twice, but then has the wherewithal to, you know, knock it back inside central position about 25 yards out. It's a shot from Morsey, isn't it? It's not a great shot. I think he, scu- he half scuffed it. It's also a, a second assist in two games, I but believe. It's, it's, you know, it is a great chip for the goal the other what night. What a pass. <laughs> yeah. And, and you've got to say what improvisation from Chaplin. He almost does like a mid-air Rabona, isn't it? Like a mid-air pirouette. And yeah, it was a great improvisation for the finish. Um, from where I was, and I'm not directly in line, looked offside. Did look offside. From well, Craig might have had a better view of that prior up but from where I was did look tight without everyone the lines were there to a man everyone was where I was nope no flag brilliant um yeah it did it did look very tight but yeah just brilliant from brilliant from Chaplin <laughs> really clever okay it's, it's quite interesting isn't it that 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 flick that he did it's like that um Gianfranco Zola flick wasn't it from yes, the corner Norwich, Norwich. Of the, yeah, Chelsea, yeah, yeah, it's that. Legs. But there's no, there's no name for that flick, is there? There's no name for that flick behind your <laughs> leg, if you know what I mean. Anyway, someone will um, tell us in the chat. Yeah, I can't, I couldn't think of it early on when I was when I was Athletic. watching it back. Um, we call it? But, we call it the diamond with a Y? Yeah, why not? Yeah, I can't. <laughs> carry on, Craig. We'll get it, sorry, we'll get it into uh, fo- we'll one. get it on football cliches or something this week. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it it in real time. It looked Chaplin, a yard offside, and I do I do look straight across to the, the Burnley yeah. fans, albeit higher up, because and with, there's been a lot of chat about it in the Telegram group today. Because by virtue of our job as football fans is to watch the ball back and forth. You know, right, the, yeah, yeah. the linesman's job is to look along his line and sort of try and keep one eye going that way along the line and the other eye going that way towards when the ball's being played. And it's very, very, very close. I, you look at it at some angles, and when you freeze frame it, it looks off it doesn't look off it looks level it's it's a marginal decision and yeah let's say we got the advantages given to the uh, attacker that rule law which doesn't exist anywhere um but yeah fair play to the linesman it looks like he was pretty much spot on but it's just the improvise as dave says it's the improvisation from chaplin to react so quickly and have the wherewithal to uh to put in. i don't think it's got as much praise as as it deserves really that finish having Mm. watched it back today yeah, I, and as I always say, um, just a little bit trolley at these times, if only, Craig, we had a video replay system that we could use to check matters like this. Um, but 
let's move on and we'll stay with you craig um damn gosh darn a brilliant first half performance but pretty decent counter-attack goal by birmingham right at the end of the half um kieran mckenna who i always listen to very carefully said well if you are going to get done by a sucker punch that's probably the time for it to happen because you can react to it over the half time and and regroup but um how frustrating and talk to me about the goal yeah, well, well, we've been told for years and years that scoring just before half time is the best time to score. Now we're being told it's the best time to concede, <laughs> best time to concede as well. Um, and if you're four 0 up, that's the most dangerous scoreline, Craig. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, four <laughs> four one going into half time could go either way. Um, as Dave sort of said about the, our goal, it's it landed with um, well, almost landed with Broadhead in in the centre circle. Exactly. Um, yeah. Moore won the head, won the flick on as he as he had been for most of the half. Chaplin then cushioned his header into into Broadhead's pass, and sort of Broadhead unfortunately just didn't quite get it under control on the run um, in the centre circle. And yeah, as we say, they they just broke. Unfortunately for us, our two furthest farthest forward players were Hutchinson on the right hand side and Davis on the left. They were literally level with each other a further 20 yards up the pitch, as we tend to do. And as a result, there's a whacking great hole uh, behind it. And because of the the pace that they broke, Luongo didn't have time to to fully get back. Um, unfortunately, he was chasing Miyoshi. Um, the ball got put out to Miyoshi, who didn't belted towards the byline. And Luongo did eventually catch him up. But, you know, fair play. They, they got the ball to byline. They pulled it back. And um, Jordan James is there to sweep it in. And I know um, we've spoken about recently about textbook Kieran McKenna Ipswich goals this was pretty much a textbook Kieran McKenna Ipswich goal wasn't it it's a quick break get the ball out to the wing pull it back and someone's arriving on it six to eight yards out to sweep it home so yeah it was a good goal well a well manufactured goal what was David Diamond saying behind the um behind the pioneer was he saying um a bit of both was he saying crap no, it wasn't. It was a it, it was a good goal. It's just it, it was really odd because it was really a carbon as Craig as I said and Craig just said it was a carbon copy move really of where Broadhead receives the ball or where he will for the first goal and when he tries to get it under control to the second is just identical position is odd, and then if you pan out both goals by the time Broadhead then for the first goal carries the ball and slips it to Hutchison. Um, Davis is on the edge, on the other side, on the edge of their box, on the eighteen, on the apex of the eighteen-yard box. So, you know, you pan to the pan to the equaliser. Yeah, and Craig said he's twenty yards, hugging the touchline where he usually is twenty yards further on. And just yeah, carbon copy. Um, good for Miyoshi. And to be fair to Luongo, he nearly makes it, and he, he mm. nearly makes it back. And Miyoshi pulls it back. It goes through his legs, I think. And it's a really good finish. It, uh, I was quite impressed that James is half decent. He's young, only a kid. Oh, he's excellent. 19. Yeah, yeah, nineteen. Yeah, um, really composed finished Chaplin I think is a bit tries to get in a challenge but yeah he just hits it first time and yeah you sort of think oh I didn't see that coming because as myself and Craig quite I think both said the first half was excellent excellent well, and, do, do yeah. you want to hear some funny stats uh, 58-42 on the possession 1.36 to 0.22 on the XG this is the first half stats 14 yeah. first half shots so just a brilliant performance five to Birmingham to be fair four to two on target look at that six Big chances. Um, I don't know what foot mob uses there, what the XG number you know, is it, there. But, yeah, just excellent, Dave. 
even after they scored, what, so 46 minutes, the very next move, we actually go really direct and Moore <laughs> heads it down for Broadhead. And it's mm. almost a carbon copy to Norwich where he drops his shoulder, takes it past his man. He, I think from where I am, it's in. But he hits it left foot, this time in the near post, and it's um, it's in the side net. And, yeah, we could have easy, yeah, good chance. Probably, yeah, really good chance. But, um, yeah, you're a bit on your heels a bit to go in 1-1. You're a little bit deflated after such a good performance, really. So what I'm going to do, Craig, is I'm going to take you back to Vicarage Road, where I was sat near David Diamond. And during the second half of that game at 1-1, I'm sat there and I'm thinking, what is going on here? Because I'm sat in an Ipswich game at 1-1 and my brain is not going, oh, how are we going to mess this up then? How how, is this ended 2-1? I'm like, you know what, we're probably going to score in this game, (laughs) aren't we? Um, Did you have that feeling, Craig, as we ticked up towards the... 81 minute mark and I'll just help you with a couple of subs so actually only Jeremy Sarmiento coming in just after the hour mark yeah and I think yeah I you do feel confident that this team will if not score they'll, they'll certainly just keep plugging away and plugging away and the first half was dominant as Dave said we were we were pretty much all over the second half was probably a little bit more um, equal and a bit more level uh, they had a couple probably not any clear-cut chances. We may still have had the more clear-cut chances. Ruddy made some decent saves, um, albeit pretty standard saves, but he was possibly the more uh, busy of the two goalkeepers. Um, but as you as you rightly say, Ben, you just don't ever really feel that this team's in going to go away from the, the plan and the structure that's brought them success. They just keep going, going. And the, even the crowd have got, confidence in it on the on the whole you know that the crowd stayed behind the team yesterday you know you can see what they're trying to do you can see they're still plugging away and as they sort of alluded to there earlier when Hutchinson came off for, for um for Burns he is just becoming such an important player that, that they're just looking I appreciate he was playing well and Laird probably didn't have the best of games but the game plan yesterday was get it out to Hutchinson as as soon as you can wasn't it it was get the ball look right ping it out to the right wing and let Hutchinson just run at their defenders, get, get into the box, get the crosses in, have his get his shots off, etc. Um, once he starts picking out someone a bit more regularly with the crossing, then you know you, Chelsea can have a a very decent player on their hands. You know, even the work he does off the ball. Shortly after we scored, I'll, I'll talk about it in a sec. He's chasing back and chucking, you know, bundling someone out of play, winning the ball off of them, getting more of a, a cheer from the crowd for that than he was for um, setting up the goal, sort of thing. Um, in terms of the goal... It, it, well, Craig, can I just stop you? We're just yeah, going to yeah. go to a clip before we talk about this 81st-minute goal. Roll VT. And also, they are the worst side in the league for second-half performances away from goals. They've conceded... Away from home. They've conceded 22 goals and only scored seven in the second half of games. Ooh. The sweet spots appear to be in the minutes 51 to 60 and 81 to 90, where they've let in 14 goals. So... Uh, you can tune into the preview show each and every Thursday where we will not only tell you what, um, what <laughs> what's happening in terms of team selections and whatnot, we'll tell you when the goals are. Carry on, Craig. So you're saying in a 20-minute period in the second half, there's going to be a goal. Stop it! Well done, Seb. No, it's very, no, that's brilliant. It's almost almost perfectly timed, doesn't it? Um, but, you know, as I said, we'd, we'd sort of been playing around their box a fair bit and just push and just keep plugging away and plugging away. Um and we get a, a little triangle on the on the edge of their box. Um, Hutchinson stands up, Laird, Twenzabi, as as he had been doing all game, and I'm sure we'll talk about him at the end, what sort of performance he'd put in. Um, 
does comes in from the overlap. Hutchinson's more likely to use his overlapping runner than Burns tends to when when Burns plays. Poor old Harry Clark must run kilometers and kilometers every match down um, down dead ends not to be used. But um, and luckily for Twinsaby, Dembele has what I'm going to term a half-assed attempt to track back. <laughs> Um, and follow his man. He just ambles along behind him. Um, Twins Avi gets into the box, gets to the edge of the six-yard box, pulls it back to Sarmiento, who just uh, yeah passes it, passes it into the net. Um, not too dissimilar from um, from Birmingham's goal, but as I say, it's just just goes. Yes, just, again, it's the patterns of play that we're used to, isn't it? It's an overlapping fullback. It's a cutback from the byline. It's someone being on the spot six to eight yards out to uh, to pass home. Was it coming, Dave? Yeah, I think so. We were sort of building up a sort of head of steam by then. Um, not long before that, Morsey had a really good half volley. Pretty, you'd probably expect that the unit of the is Ruddy to save it, who I thought was pretty good yesterday. Ruddy commanded. I mean, said that we fed him sort of some crosses, but commanded his area really well. And I thought he, I thought he played really well. And what I liked about that, obviously, he was getting some banter, but was giving it back, and it was all good natured, which I like. That was good. But yeah, I think it was coming, and it's just. Again, you know, I think we were all saying maybe a few months ago, up to certainly up to Christmas, probably that Hutchison's the full, pretty much the full package. But what he is missing is perhaps his final decision making in that final ball. Well, man, he's he's added that to his game for sure, and it was great. Obviously, got a shout from Twanzabi, beautiful little weighted ball, and. Um, yeah, Twanzabi again. Could have had a rush of blood there. Could have sort of flashed at it across the box or something like that. But got his head up and just rolled it in perfectly. And Samianto's got a nice knack for being on the spot as well, hasn't he? So, um, yeah, it's just a just a nice goal. Yeah, lovely, lovely finish. Stay with you then, Dave, because a nice trick to have in your locker is scoring in stoppage time three times in Love this recent recent succession. Talk to me about I mean, the just, goal that I mean, made things safe. This is just great, isn't it? It's just a long throw from Twan and um, you can see as soon as Twan Zabi, as soon as Twan Zabi throw it, Hutchinson sort of running in from the right is on his bike, and yeah, um, I think it's is it Roberts? I think he gets um, uh, Kiefer Moore gets a jump on Roberts, flicks it Roberts on, and good in the air, Dave. Yeah, mate. Mm. Well, yeah, Moore was Moore was I thought good yesterday. So his finishing maybe left a little bit to be desired, certainly first half. But I think his all round game was very good, and he gets a flick on and oh, Hutchison is on his bike. Not easy because the ball bounces in front of him, but he's a great touch to get the ball out of his feet. And again, he just squares up. He squares up. Um, squares up. Ruddy from just inside the box and just can't they be. Don't like it. facing Dave. Sorry to interrupt. They don't like facing the left footer from that angle. The keepers. No, no. He just open. He's he's so good, isn't he? Because he can left foot, right foot. He just opens himself up and passes it in. Absolutely superb finish. And yeah, certainly three one. First half alone was a, certainly a fair reflection of the fair reflection of the game. Really didn't see much of them. Um, Stansfield had that one snapshot, didn't he? Craig, second half. It was a bit of a weird save from mm. Glad you sort of dived. He <laughs> sort Dive of dived right, his, pushed it left. Right, saved it and pushed it out left. But I think it was it was moving. But other than that, really didn't see didn't see much of him. But um yeah, thoroughly deserved three points. And I think, yeah, two goals, the two goal cushion was about right on the day, I thought. And what I loved about that was also um, you know, Venus was very sort of magnanimous in defeat and said it as it was. And I think Venus even called Chaplin's goal as being on side, actually. So yeah, he was suitably um, you know, suitably honest and summed it up by saying, Look, you know, Ipswich of the yardstick, this is where this is where we're striving, striving to be. So yeah, all good. Great three points. Do you want to talk about Moore or Hladky, Craig? I have a question for both. Uh, Kiefer Moore. 
Please, I'll have oh. Kiefer Moore for for five, please. Are we yeah. are we better with Kiefer Moore up front than with George Hurst? Oh my! Uh, I can I have Vaz Klaki. Bearing in mind what gun. George Hurst did at Barnsley, oh. we're all going to love him forever. <laughs> um, oh, crikey! Uh, yeah, he he probably he hasn't. Well, I was just about to say he hasn't got the the energy of um, George Hurst, but crikey, he kept going for all, Craig. all 90 plus minutes yesterday. He was still going um, at full time and he was due to be coming off before the before the uh, second goal, before Simenta's goal, because Al Hamidi and Travis were um, on the sidelines, literally ready to be um, subbed on. Um, but no, he, he was, he's good and he was holding as Dave said about winning the head at the flick on for Hutchinson. And as I said earlier, he's just winning headers all game. He's he's occupying two defenders like George Hurst did, but he's just got that little bit more experience. He hasn't got probably hasn't got the speed of George Hurst, but he's just got the nous and the experience um to hold off players, nowhere to be and winning a, he won a lot of fouls yesterday. He was just getting nudged off the ball, like those, those thigh to thigh challenges in around the halfway line to win possession. He's he's Hold up play and his layoff play was very good yesterday. Whereas, as Dave said, he's those five um, big chances we had in the first half, three or four of them probably had landed at Kiefer Moore's feet, um, unfortunately, rather than his head. And um, his finishing was just a little bit off yesterday. But yeah, I think to get him in in January, I think it's just proving a, a bit of a, a bit of a masterstroke, isn't it? Yeah. Dave looks like he wants to add to that one, even though he's. No, I just look at some game. of the comments there, and I think they're fair comments. You know, in the in our system, perhaps he's he's not the he doesn't perhaps um, lead the press as as and perhaps as athletic as Hurst is in our in our overall system. But some of his play, you know, you can see. Look, look, he played a handful of games for us. How many years ago? You know, very raw from Boris Green and stuff. But some of his play yesterday, Christ, he was chesting the ball down, getting the ball out of his feet, and spraying like thirty yard <laughs> balls. Will he? Thirty-yard balls to hutches, you think? Can I yeah. can I put to you though, Dave? We've got a lot of players that can do the things people are talking about. We haven't got many players that can do the things that Kiefer Moore can do, have we? And no, no. And, and, what you, you what need you, that diversity, don't you? The word you use for physicality, and yeah, he gives you that physicality. He, he was very, very good. Yeah, um, yesterday, <laughs> pretty I mean, good I on the near post from defensive corners as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, he he is no, and as as Craig said, I think yeah, very much a master stroke in um, in getting him in in January, and um, you know he could make he could be the one that makes uh, that makes the difference. And it's, so, as you say, you're right to say that. Sorry, Ben. You're right to say there about the defensive side of things as well, and that mm. probably you know another good reason why as soon as that second goal went in, Kiefer Moore's now staying on the pitch because we probably reasonably expected there to be a bit of a bombardment, which didn't actually transpire and happen. But no. you've got a guy who's six foot five, six foot six on the pitch who's going to win pretty much every header, as you say, uh, Ben, at the near post. And by the way, before anyone starts crying over that um, that question, which was deliberately cantankerous, we. Bloody love George Hurst. So this is not um, no. yeah. this is not any kind of binary um, tear fest. Um, Dave, on uh, Tuesday night, there was a lovely argument behind me. Um, of we we had someone three or four rows back giving it the whole get it forward, get rid of it, get rid of it. it up. The yeah. bloke behind me um, told the guy to shut the f up, stop complaining. Have you seen this team play this season? Yes. Trust the process. To which I turned around and said, you have to understand the process in order to be able to trust it and quickly turn back around having thrown my grenade did, did, in. Did, did, did the and then say, get your air cut. No, um, he did not. And if he had of, there would have been trouble, <laughs> I tell you. Um, 
But Dave, um, Fladke got some criticism in the week, um, mainly for coming and missing that cross, really, rather than. But right. the um, the crowd were a bit anxious, weren't they? And I don't blame them sometimes. How were the crowd, and how did Fladke and and maybe Wolfenden, yeah. who got a bit of grief in the midweek, how did they? How were they viewed by the crowd and was there any anxiety? No, I don't think so because we started so well. We were so good that first half. Arguably the best first, best first half. One of the best first halves of the season. Not quite hit the heights of, what was it, the Hull first half, which was just absolutely ridiculous. But I think it's one of the best best first halves we've played all season. However, um, yeah, Birmingham weren't that physical. And not saying they made it easy. You know, you can beat what's in front of you. But yeah, we, we found it certainly easy easy to play through, play through them. Certainly easy to play through them when we did Rotherham. Rotherham the other night. Um, and no, I don't think so. We really didn't have a lot to do, really, Craig, did he? Certainly, Hladky first half, you know, he couldn't stop the goal. Did he have a sh- another shot to save? I can't really remember. There was once where there was the high ball in the box and he goes for it with the Superman, you know, two double-fisted thing. I thought, here we go. And he ended up clearing it by about 40 yards, didn't he? Cleared it almost up to the halfway line. So, he thought, okay, that's what he's about. But, um no, and, and Wolfenden as well. Uh, again, there was, a, I think there was a passage of play in the first half where similar, very similar to the um, the fellows' goal at uh, for West Brom the other week, where the ball was played down that channel. He was last man. Um, cut, he was up against a left-sided player. I can't remember who it was now. And yeah, did the right thing. Got across him, just headed it out, headed it out for a throw. So, I say he learned from that. You know, clearly. You know there was something there, but no, there wasn't. The crowd were pretty much on side right from the start, and I didn't, I didn't certainly feel it. Even at even at one one, I didn't really feel that that anxiety starting to come through. Did you, Craig, at all yesterday? I didn't. No, not really. And I think sort of just to combine the two the two questions, I did feel that we went just a little bit longer in the first mm-hmm. half. You know, um, and more gives us the ability to do that. Um, we weren't as you know, normally. It's every single goal kick is. Burgess to Hladke and play out from there, whereas it was probably 50-50 in the first half in terms of how often we were doing that. And as Dave rightly says, there was a about Wolfenden, there was a time in the second half as well where he basically cleared it into the top tier of the yeah. uh, the Portman stand, you know, he's under a bit of pressure, just uh, clear it and get rid of it. And then finally, Tuesday night, you know, Hladke was coming under a bit of grief for coming and missing a, uh, a long ball into his box. Well, there was a 12 million pound goalkeeper did that yesterday for Southampton from what I saw on the <laughs> on the highlights yesterday so it, it does yeah. tend to happen occasionally it happens to the best of us Craig hey mm. um let me just give you these numbers just to I mean it, it's telling us exactly what your eyes have told us 60 40 on the possession 2.46 on the xg to 0.48 26 shots to 11 9 to 4 on target eight big chances to one just an excellent performance um Last kind of words, um, don't necessarily talk about the performance day, but just talk about where we are now. I know it's, we'll, we'll go into 12, 12 games to go and parking up that, you know, back-to-back three-game weeks. Um, chance to breathe now, right? Yeah, a chance to breathe. I mean, what, a, what a run it's been. You know, start, okay, starting with the West Brom game, the two-all draw the other week. So it's five games, scored 15 goals. Um, back to comfortably, we were just, I think after that West Brom game, we were teetering on that. I don't think we ever quite went below the two points a game, but we're pretty much on the, <laughs> we're on the precipice, weren't we? <laughs> on the precipice. Now what we're well a ludicrous up. conversation. Imagine, imagine well, how this conversation it's, it's, it's in June. So, so now we're back over, pretty much back over two points, pretty much back over two points a game, what are we, 2.1 or two or something like that. Um, 
oh, 30. And it's, man, it's just, every stat you look at is with 2.2 goals, two goals a game. We're on average and two goals a game now. I mean, it's just, yeah, it was, I mean, it's a brilliant, brilliant string of results. And I know we have strung four, four on the spin before this season. I think most notably after the West Brom away game, I think we did. Ironically, it was Millwall in that, wasn't it? Um, yeah, it's just a superb, a superb run of form at the right time, given that, that we'll get to in a minute some of our, well, one of our nearest challenges, or maybe two, are starting to falter <laughs> slightly. Interesting. Um, final thoughts, Craig? No, exa- exactly what Dave said is that it's just that reaction, isn't it, where you just think, oh, things are starting to turn and Southampton on a roll and we've just drawn, um, lost to Preston, drawn to West Brom, and then a flick of a switch and fall on the bounce and everything everything looks a lot better doesn't it and as i was saying earlier about that the pre-match pod i was talking to the Birmingham guy i said to him southampton had been on this 22 23 match unbeaten run and we'd had this supposed slump over christmas and new year and we were still found ourselves two points ahead and them going into the into the weekend so we hadn't been doing too badly after all of that and um we'll look at it when we look at the table both Leicester and Leeds have done nine wins in a row this season as well. And I don't know. So we, we, we've gone over this to death, but to be within 20 points of those teams, let alone above one, level with one, and six behind the other. Absolutely mental as we go to the Innovation Labs promo. Innovation Labs, providing co-working and innovation hubs across East Anglia. We're the perfect place for remote workers, freelancers, startups or innovators to do business. Our unique member network creates extensive business development and collaboration opportunities. Hot desks are available from £20 a day or £99 per month, with business coaching also available from £50. Innovation Labs, turning your ideas into multi-million pound businesses located in Stowmarket, Ipswich, Sudbury with new sites in Thetford, Norwich and Kuala Lumpur opening soon. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. 
So in the championship in round 34, pick out anything you want to talk about. It was commentary nil, Preston free. I'm beginning to have to change my mind on Preston, who are <laughs> not going away, are they? And um, Reese and Keane and um, Frockier Jensen, front three, they're, they're looking all right at the moment, Preston. Uh, Leeds three, Leicester one, nine in a row. The gap down to six points, Leicester back to back. Defeats Hull one, West Brom one, and Blackburn one, Norwich one is all very helpful to Preston. Actually, a lot of drop points. Nobody, lads, between fourth and 13th, other than Preston, won this weekend. And we'll find out when we do the bottom of the table why and where all the bloody wins went this week. Incredible <laughs> week. Uh, Cardiff two, Stoke one. What's Stoke doing? Uh, Ipswich three, Birmingham one, Middlesbrough nil, Plymouth two. I say fair play, Plymouth. They've got 40 points now. And given what went on there in December, they look pretty well safe. And how much is Ryan Hardy worth? QPR 2, Rotherham 1. QPR out of the bottom three. Four of the bottom six won this week. <laughs> that never, ever happens. Another one with Sheffield Wednesday 2, Bristol City 1. EK Ugbo has five goals in four games for Wednesday. Southampton 1, Millwall 2. I'll just leave that there. Sunderland one, Swansea two, a Brazilian called Ronald with two goals. Watford one, Huddersfield two. I'll repeat, four of the bottom six one in the mental championship. I've got to stop saying mental. The crazy championship. Is that even that's, no, no, better, is it, Craig? Um, anything you want to pick out there, my friend? Um, well, let's go for the Leicester lead, shall we? Um, having watched that on Friday night, that was a... The first 25 minutes of that was brilliant. Absolutely oh, brilliant, wasn't it? What a game. What it a was game. a fantastic game, wasn't it? Just the, And I was so impressed with Leicester, you know, for the 70, 75 minutes. They just <sighs> ran all over Leeds, didn't they? They, they were, Their midfield was getting swamped. The crowd was quiet. Leicester couldn't score for Toffee. And you just you just knew, and it was going on. The <laughs> chat was going on in the Telegram. Everyone, everyone to a man and a woman. Here was comes the Leeds goals. Exactly goals. the same thing. No, what to be fair, no one predicted three Leeds goals, but no. everyone was predicting at least one. And um, the thing is, Leicester didn't didn't play badly. They played really really well and still lost. So it's not as if you can sort of say, "Oh, Leicester on a bit of a slump here. They're going to struggle in the next." If they played like that in the next game, they'll probably win two or three nil. Um, just one of those. Just crazy, crazy results, which unfortunately, for as fortunate, God, I don't know where to sit now anymore. Before going into the game, I was like, "Well, we need Leeds to uh, need Leicester to win this. Let's just get rid of them, and we'll we'll be above Leeds come um, Saturday at five o'clock." And now they haven't. I don't know what to do anymore. I don't know what to think, mate. We've got two points per game, and it's bloody nearly March. So come and sit in my chair. Is that? I'll say, <laughs> and it's still brilliant. not enough. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Leicester okay. with. Leicester for that, sorry, up to about 80 minutes whenever Leeds scored, was scarily good, weren't they? My God, I just couldn't lay a glove on them. Could they do to me? I mean, like or, like him or not, and perhaps he is a bit of a, a prima donna, he goes down fairly easy. Dewsbury Hall, what that level's just ridiculous, isn't he? And and Mavid, him and Mavadini, they just had that move inside Gray every single time. He was absolutely on toast. Didn't know whether to twist or stick, but... Yeah, I mean, he didn't score. And you, yeah, you see it coming. And Vestergaard, what was he doing for the first goal? Um, 
yeah, but Leicester, you know, I think perhaps it's a blip. You can see Leicester play like that. They'll blow, they'll blow everyone else off. Well, most of the other teams away. So you'd think, probably unfortunately think they've got enough. But it is a blip. I mean, who would have thought, you know, a fortnight ago would be sitting here sit, just six point. You'd think they'd have thought they'd been over the hill and gone the other side by now. Incredible. Um, and yeah, I mean, I mean, Southampton, Millwall, I mean, Okay, say new manager bounce. What a bonkers result that is for Christ's sake. <laughs> I mean, what was this? What was what possession at one time? I think I looked in the first half at half time. I think did I read this right that Southampton are eighty eight percent? It was something <laughs> off the charts, rub, stupid. But as someone said there the best league in the world. It is the most, as you say, craziest league in the world, isn't it? It's just all over the place. How could you predict some of those yeah. scores? And um. And the other one, obviously, Ben, you must be getting ready to fire up is Watford. You must be on the brink of every just waiting, just waiting for Sky Sports to get that news out there, surely. I had a busy day today, so I was kind of quite pleased that it wasn't it, it wasn't wasn't happening. But yeah, just um just crazy, crazy, crazy. Um guys, we're gonna go to questions in just a jiffy. Get your questions in right now. Apologies, the chat is moving fantastically because we've got wonderful numbers yeah. of people watching us. So do feel free to copy and paste your questions and um, re-put them. Is that word, re-put them? Um, it is now because I said it twice, Dave, um, in the chat. Stick a cue before afterwards. Please don't give me grief if I don't read your question. There's bloody millions of them. And, do you get uh, grief, Ben? No, you don't, do you? Grief on the internet, really. Whoa! <laughs> me. And in the football stadium as well, apparently, oh. for, according to you. Um, let me just quickly do some admin, Dave. NordVPN promo still active. Link down in the description if you need a VPN for any particular reasons that may or may not be related to Ipswich Town. Say no more. 30-day money-back guarantee. ITFC women 4-1 winners over Rugby Borough today. Tickets for their game at oh, Portman Road, aren't they? Um, uh, tickets for the game at Portman Road on Saturday, March 23rd, which would be uh, the final international break go on sale this week. Um, we're firing up Joe Fairs, guys. We're going to do some predictions um, before <laughs> the end of the season. And if you remember at this point last year, Joe Fairs predicted we win every game 4-0. And he was actually the closest <laughs> to any of us after our ridiculous, ridiculous 14 you, wins out of 15. To you, don't need to, you don't need to fire him up. You just need to know your three times table and multiply that by the number of games we've got left. <laughs> That's going to be his prediction. That's completely unnecessary, Craig, but very funny. Um, so, yeah, we'll be, we'll be doing some predictions on Tuesday night. And it's our old friend Plymouth. Once again, next week, we'll talk about them in a sec. But um, Seb is going to be telling you in what minute Plymouth <laughs> are going to concede a goal over at home park. Maybe it's good news that they're kind of safe now already. You can ease up against us. I will be back here. I don't know who with um, probably at least one of the people sat in front of me, maybe maybe both. And we'll see what the um, see what the Kieran McKenna selection rotation process comes up with. Um, next week in terms of our pod. But thank you, everybody. Please do hit the thumbs up button if you are watching live and get your questions in. You say, uh, you say Seb will be able to tell us what minute Plymouth will score. Oh, sorry, what we'll score against Plymouth. Will he be able to tell us which one of um, Cameron Burgess's legs Morgan Whitaker deflects the ball off of? Oh, into, into Morgan Whitaker. Yeah, he's going to turn into um, Diego Maradona for at least be 30 fair, seconds be of that fair, game. I can't, recall, can't recall him having much of an aid of a deflection from the goalie school at Portman Road this season. When, it, when that goal oh. went in at Portman Road, just before we go to the questions, everyone in the stand, they kind Gosh. of levels it into the, Everyone's kind of like, 
he's got it out of the way early at least this time. Is this a, de- a decent Crikey. strike? I mean, isn't it? There what we go. go. Um, right, what have we got in the chat? Uh, David, uh, quick answers, please, guys. Loads of questions. You're going to ignore me. Um, let's go to Craig first, see if you can set the tone um, for David Diamond to give some quick answers here. Will Leeds and Southampton have been in the FA Cup help us? Um, who, who have they got? Leeds have got... Difficult games not... like Liverpool Chelsea, and Chelsea, got Liverpool. I think. Yeah, yeah Southampton have got Liverpool, haven't they? I think, well, um, yeah, Southampton more so probably than... Um, Leeds, I think Leeds are just on a roll, and if 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 either team lose, then I don't think it'll affect them particularly too much. No, shame you can't yeah. step four replays like you used to. Back <laughs> yeah, all, all one day I'm, after that, one day after the other. Yeah. Four replays within eight days. That's sort of a cloud else. field. Yeah, yeah. Oh, have you seen that brilliant Street. clip with Brian Clough and um, Barry Davis where Forrest go to like three replays and this, and he says um, like the replays in two matches, and he like, where's the game? Are you coming? It's just an absolute brilliant, brilliant clip. Um, Dave, I'm going to move on uh, from Paul <laughs> to Anzabi or Clark versus Plymouth. Oh, that's a good shout. I think probably to Anzabi's done done enough. I know Clark, judging by you know seeing him sort of warming up, warm down, whatever at half time, looked pretty much fighting fit to me. But yeah, he was so good yesterday. I wouldn't be surprised away at Plymouth. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Twanzabi got the nod just because he was so good yesterday. Mm. Um, if you've got questions about the Plymouth selection, I'll leave them and we'll we'll get the lads to talk a bit about what they think is going to happen um, there. Uh, Charlie, as Tyrone Mings was at the game yesterday, would he be a good England Tyrone Mings, uh, Craig? Would he be a good signing? I think he might be. Might yeah, he? yeah, he would be a good signing. Yeah, yeah. He'd left sit on the left hand side of our yeah. centre backs yeah. nicely, wouldn't he? Uh, Chris. Um, nine wins and a draw for 100 points. Nine wins out of 12, sort of nine, 27, 28 points from 12 games. Uh, we enough. can do that, can't we? Well, yes, but it might not be enough. Surely it'll be enough. But uh, honestly, I don't know, this, this season is so, so, so use that word again, so daft. I'll use that word this season that I, I, I honestly don't know what it will, what it will take. Well, I think if we still, if we're still averaging points total what we're averaging now i think i worked that out that we'd end up pretty much on 97 so um you, but that again so will it be enough probably not i mean it's just don't absolutely yeah. ludicrous yeah, um craig neil heaps of crap from plymouth fans this week incoming um <laughs> surely craig i would say um that's water under the bridge now but the ability of football fans to be juvenile and hold a grudge never surprises me. <laughs> oh, I don't think it is water under the bridge. Been looking at some of the. I think who was it? I was on Twitter and it was. I think it was a Leeds fan oh, saying, yeah, "That's a oh, bad start straight away." Don't go on Twitter. It, it was a Leeds fan commenting on Ipswich, and at least two of the replies were from Plymouth fans. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it was Leeds. A Leeds fan saying, "Oh, Ipswich signed fifty players last year to get out of League One." First reply, Plymouth fan. Yeah, and they only finished second. Oh. Yeah, fair play to them. They're right. Um, can I just say, I thought Plymouth were absolutely brilliant last year and congratulations on an excellent season this year. It's a very well-run club and I have a great deal of respect for the fans because it takes them two hours to even get to bloody Bristol and they have to travel much <laughs> let alone, than anyone else. Let alone so Middlesbrough we're going to be lovely yesterday. about you, Plymouth. Kill them with kindness, Craig, is what hmm. I was taught. Um, Neil. Dave, what hurts us more? Losing Morsi and Luongo for two or three games through suspension or Wes and Nathan through injury? Morsi. Yeah, losing Morsi. We've already, we've already seen that. He is I'm not quite sure he's had this, quite the same influence as he had perhaps 
up to his last suspension and stuff. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's Morsey. I think we've perhaps got um, Burns and, you know, you've, you've got Sam, uh, Burns and Broadhead, you know, you've got, you know, Sarmiento there and you've got, um, you know, other options. Harness, you've got other options there. Morsey, big miss. Luongo, yes, I thought Luongo played well yesterday. Again, again, I'd bit surprised wasn't you Craig weren't you Craig that both of them stayed on well not mm. Morsey but particularly Luongo being on a being on a yellow card they I mean Morsey picked his up for handball I think it was wasn't it he, he lost it he lost it a bit um Luongo for a foul so I'm a bit surprised Luongo stayed on and Travis didn't come on didn't come on but um yeah the, the key man of those four is still Morsey um Craig best back four now if all fit are you going for the classic lineup are you including Bill Wyman in there or do you go early with Brian Jones, Brian Jones um, yeah. what, what what are you thinking? Um, oh, I don't know. No, I don't. I think you know, Twenzebe played fantastic yesterday, man of the match. And for once, I agreed with the match sponsor, mm. the man of the match, whatever it happened, whoever picked it yesterday, who picked Twenzebe. He was really, really, and for a right back to get the man of the match award in a three-one home win is pretty impressive. Um, and he got. Someone posted it in the chat a little while ago about the most interceptions yeah. in a championship match sort this that. season so far was uh, seven from from Twanzebe yesterday. So, and let's not forget he's a centre back playing at, at right back as well. So, um, I think uh, now let's see if he does play against Plymouth and he recreates another brings another performance like that. Then it's probably a very serious question that needs to be asked. But it is allowing us to potentially rest Harry Clark's Achilles um, mm. for a for a game or two, isn't it? Mm. Um, can I go on my hobby horse now? Terry, job, which then. team is best suited lottery. to win the playoffs or pure lottery? Terry, if you ever hear anyone call the playoffs a lottery, you either send them to me or you tell them, <laughs> you, sir, are a buffoon. Look at the statistics. Third place wins disproportionately more than sixth place. And fourth place and fifth place is fairly close. A lottery gives everyone a random chance of winning at an equal amount. The playoffs could not be less of a lottery if you bloody fix the results. They're not lottery. Sorry, Terry. Every I think you described year. that as, as hobby horse. Ben's oh, hobby Terry horse. Didn't, Terry didn't say they're a lottery. He didn't. I'm just giving Terry some advice. Um, the playoffs are not a lottery. There are how many words there in the English language? Because I reckon. Seven billion of them, now that's people on the earth, are better at describing the playoffs than lottery. Yeah. Ridiculous. And people keep saying it now. I've got to stop now. I've and you probably stop. think this year this year, if two of those four teams that are in the playoffs have both got ninety-two points plus, it's even less likely to be a lottery, you'd have thought. Correct. What the than the lottery, it's not in the first place, Craig. I totally agree with you. There you go. Um, right, what have we got? Uh here we go, Craig. Um LJ, are Leicester. Seriously, in any danger of being dragged back into this? I think nine wins guarantees them top two. They, yeah, on on the results, the last two results, yes, but on the performance, I don't, I don't think no. so. I think that that performance on Friday night was just such a great performance. I wouldn't be too concerned. You, know, you, you can't imagine they'll be missing quite as many open goals and one on ones as they will uh, as they did that night. So it would be nice, you know. Let's see what happens next weekend if they happen to slip up again and and we us and Leeds managed to get two wins and it's down to three points, then literally anything can happen from there. But it's just their perform. Whereas Southampton's performances seem to have dropped off and they looked a bit toothless second half by all accounts uh, yesterday against Millwall. You can't really say the same about Leicester, I don't think quite yet. I think, um, um, 
a, a fully fit Jamie Vardy scores that Dakar goal, doesn't he? Every time. It's just a trademark Vardy finish, isn't it? Buries it across the keeper in the far corner. Uh, last one here. Sorry, guys, if you put questions in um, and we didn't get round to them. I was too busy yelling at semantics. Um, <laughs> and not Terry, by the way. Terry did nothing <laughs> wrong. Um, <laughs> bad now. Uh, Louis, what teams worry you for McKenna in the summer? Actually, Dave, you can rank them in order. West Ham, Brighton and Celtic. Which... Yeah, West Ham's the one. I must admit, for me, if we don't go out, West Ham is definitely the one for me. I mean, there's all speculation last week about Moyes supposedly there's a new contract there for Moyes, but he hasn't signed it. Well, sorry, is that a bit of a so a bit of a smoke screen for him sort of leaving in a mutual kind of kind of fashion? Who was the other one? Brighton, De Serbi well again, yeah, the Liverpool Liverpool's gonna change manager there. So there's gonna be some sort of, you know, obviously movement, maybe downward movement there, dependent on who comes in there. Celtic, don't know I, I, I put me right, I can't even think who um it's Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, of course it is. Um, well, I, I personally don't necessarily see that's the first time I've sort of heard that link. But yeah, that's the sort. And another club, perhaps, you know, again, if there's a big shuffle at the top, someone like, and I can't think that he wills having a great scene, but someone like, for instance, Unai Emery moving somewhere bigger than Villa, you know, that's a, that's a, that, there's another job there. So yeah, they're the three. Palace, well, it didn't surprise me at all. I mean, supposedly there was contact there. We'll never know. They've appointed Glasgow anyway. But um, yeah, I'd say out of all those, I think West Ham has been the most publicised. And yeah, they would concern, that would concern me, I think. But do you not think they'd go a little bit, you know, a little bit higher than a guy who's only finished second in League One at the as I think that's a great idea. Because, yeah. well, yeah, absolutely. I, think, I think so. Because, because Palace were, as we're led to be seriously sniffing around, but ended up appointing a guy who's won the Europa League. Yeah, I mean, you'd think, and also you'd think West Ham, perhaps, who's not in a job, Thomas Tuchel, someone like that, maybe someone of that of that ilk. So, yeah, let's let's point them in that direction, I think. There we go. Um, are you guys almost boxing <laughs> this off now? Because there is five filthy games after the next five games, Craig. So you've got Plymouth away, which obviously is a, it's another three-game week as well. It's Plymouth away. Bristol City at home in the Mark Bigger Ashton race, derby. Uh, Bristol City are a bit unpredictable. You know what you're going to get with Plymouth and Cardiff, don't you? But um, And then Sheffield Wednesday and then Blackburn. So uh, more away games than at home. So you've got that block of five, Craig. And then I think everyone, if we're still in it at this point, the pressure. Southampton at home, followed by Norwich away. Uh, Watford at home, then Middlesbrough may have nothing to play for. And then we start getting into the theories, Craig, of would you rather play a team in the middle with nothing to play for or a team down towards the bottom, <laughs> you know, or a team going for the playoffs or what have you. Um, Coventry, Hull. So are you seeing it the way I perhaps am laying it out? You don't have to say yes, but five games that look friendlier on paper, even though, as Kieran McKenna says, Winning any game in the championship is hard, and we know he's not paying lip service. Are you seeing it as try and get to Southampton April the 1st? And what will that be? 30, is that game 39? Oh my God, I'm getting nervous. I'm going to shut up because I'm getting too nervous, and I've already upset Terry. I, I'm going to coin a phrase here and say, I'm going to take each game as it comes. <laughs> and you, I don't know, you want, you want to um, 
yeah, associate that to me in, in some way. I don't know, but it seems like a decent phrase to use. Um, because that's, you know, across the mic, we saw yesterday's results. Who wants to predict anything you anymore? Go. You know, I having having gone to the den a couple of weeks ago, and it was they were a shower of shit. They were awful, absolutely awful. And yet yesterday, I found myself looking at uh, Mills' remaining remaining fixtures and thinking, oh, when are they going to play uh, Leeds? And when are they going to play <laughs> Southampton? They might actually trip up. Whereas before, you'd think, Christ, they're going to roll them over by about three or four goals with no with no problems. So, no, I'm not in the realms of predicting anything further ahead than uh, than next weekend, to be honest. But Dave, surely this is our time now, in the words of Mark Ashton, where you've got kind of the comfortable fixtures and you know others might not have. And you know everyone's going to be looking at the fixtures and they're going to be going, oh, it looks all right for Ipswich, you know, through through March. Maybe famous last words, but um, how are you feeling about this last block of 12? I mean, look, it'd be great if we get the next five... Crikey, if we can get 13, if we can have the run like we're on now and have 13 for the next five, how well would that set up for Southampton home, Norwich away, Watford and Middlesbrough? It's just, it's just a roller coaster. As Craig quite rightly said, it, it's so impossible to predict anything. Look, I've got the run ins for all four teams and oh, you're on the face of it. He's got the hardest run in the Leicester, but you've got to think Leicester have got those six points in the bag. You think they're going to, you know, you think they're going to have enough, but. Oh, I, I I just don't I just don't know how to call it. I think Craig's quite right in what he said. The old-fashioned cliche: take one game at a time. I think yeah, that's all you can do. I think sadly this... for us, don't sorry, Ben, don't lead. Leeds have got a even more favourable next. Oh, four, three or four games, haven't they? Um, they they could break Charlton's twelve-game winning streak record from the um, from the Championship, couldn't they? Um, guys, I've done this a few times, but. Uh, not that our supporters need reminding of context, but there, ladies and gentlemen, um, as we come to the end of February, is the championship table we've got up on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. Dave casually said earlier in the pod, oh, well, we almost went below two points per game um, a few weeks back, and we come back above. <laughs> and it's absolutely ridiculous. So Leicester <laughs> City, top of the pile on 78 points. Um, Leeds United, um, and again, if you're struggling for context, these are both year one parachute teams, and two of them were relegated last season in the face of another two teams in the Premier League being charged with FFP um, infractions, which might have even um, doped up the teams that went down. Hence, Leicester were up for eight years and Southampton 11 years, but there you go. So, it's level on points with one of them, six behind the other. Southampton are now five points behind Ipswich with 12 games to play. As has been pointed out, Leicester won nine games on the trot to the end of October. Leeds are currently on a nine-game winning streak with two of the bottom six to play, as Dave pointed out in the next games. Southampton went 22 games unbeaten. I know we don't want to get into this kind of soft Craig, whatever happens, this is amazing. But whatever happens, this is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and, and as we've said, just enjoy the ride. This is a just a fun team to watch, isn't it? I was thinking that yesterday. I took my <clears throat> little girl yesterday because uh, my boy Oscar was away, um, so I used his ticket, my little girl, and she had has no interest whatsoever in us. She'd only been to a previous Mick McCarthy nil nil against Rotherham before, bless her. But <laughs> she's now asking to come along because it's a fun team to watch. It's a fun experience. The yeah. the grounds rocking. So yeah, let's just take it for what it is. Enjoy the ride and 
um, was it 12 games? So using Joe's calculator, that's 36 guaranteed points between now. 108. 108. And the, yeah, the first Actually weekend of May. Third, yeah. <laughs> I think it's just, do you know what? I think it's just the, res- the whole resilience of the team, isn't it? Do you know, I mean, go, leading out the things that West Brom game where we like in the, in the previous, five, I think the previous five or eight games, we were like, was it 17th or even might have been 18th in the fourth table? One win in nine, was it, Dave, uh, in the EFL? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. And now, and now we're back to what equal second or third. I think it's. I think it goes perhaps perhaps Leeds, Preston, are certainly on a good. I think Leeds, Four Preston, ourselves, yeah. something like that. It's just that the whole resilience and the that well, it's not a real word, but bounce back ability. It's just fantastic, isn't it? Every time you think that, oh yeah, you know, this is a game too far. You know, we managed to, you know, we managed to pull something out, and 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 off we go again on another run. It's just. Yeah, just enjoy it. And and I think just to go back to yesterday, and I've seen it mentioned in the pod, some Amari Hutchison again, just just enjoy, just enjoy watching watching someone like that. He's got to be probably if if we get up, arguably, he's gonna have such a influence on that between now and the end of the season that he just might be the greatest loan signing ever for us. Unbelievable. So we've said it over and over again. Amazing run that continues. And we expect it to regress to the mean, and it never does, and it never does. And here we are coming into March with favourable fixtures. Will I be sitting here on the Blue Monday podcast at the start of April, and we still haven't gone away? Will I be sitting here at the end of April, and we still haven't gone away? Craig, I need to go and take a cold shower. Last word from you. Uh, Yes, as I said, just enjoy the right people. And as Ben says, if we get to the beginning of April, the end of April, those remaining games, it'll just be a lottery, won't it? <laughs> Dave? Can I just say, just aside from Ipswich, just very quickly, a quick mention, one of the greats, one of the one of the great talents, Stan Bowles passed away sadly yesterday. Absolutely. Saw him many a time at Portman Road. Absolutely fantastic player. So rest in peace, Stan. Another one of those football mavericks from the 70s and um, a proper, proper character. And thank you, everybody, for watching the Blue Monday podcast. We will see you thrice next week with the predictions, the Plymouth preview and the Plymouth uh, post-match flagship show. We're not going anywhere, are we? And the playoffs aren't a lottery. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurant. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.